Welcome to Proven, a Weimar Academy podcast. My name is Lucas Freed. I'm a senior here at Weimar Academy, and today I am joined with Chantel Ross, a good friend of mine. Our school motto here at Weimar is proving God right. So today, to start off this journey, we want to delve into the question, what does that mean to us? So I think a good place to start is proving God right. The, the whole aspect of that. Like, what does that mean in a sense to you? Because, you know, we have it every day in our shirts. We hear it in worship talks. But I guess a question that we should ask is, what does that mean to you? And I think this is a very important question, not only to us here at Wimmer Academy, but every Christian to claims to be a follower of Christ, because mm. that, I believe that is like our mission. And it's not easy to prove God right, especially in the place where we live today, but that is the challenge and the honor that we have as Christians. Mm-hmm. I think a great aspect that you brought about that is it's not easy. And I think that, especially going through this week of prayer, because actually right now we're in the middle of a week of prayer, and I think the really big aspect about this whole idea is that we have to realize this isn't something we can do on our own. Mm-hmm. It's not something easy, even though the irony of it that we're proving God right with God's help. Yeah. You know, it, do- it doesn't seem right, but that is what we're called to do. Yeah, it's proving God. Well, God is proving himself through us. It's crazy that God would use us as his vessels, as sinful humans, to prove him right. Mm-hmm. So going back, back to the fundamentals. The, the whole phrase, proving God right, what does that mean to you personally? Like that phrase, proving God right. Hmm. Because I think once we have that, then we have this baseboard in a sense to jump off of to go forward into this conversation. Because proving God right, I mean, well, what from your stance, like how do we prove God? Well, I think especially in this world, there is such a distorted view of who God is and what he does. And there's a lot of views and misconceptions that people do have today. But I believe, you know, as Christians, it's our job to prove God right in the sense that we are supposed to truly um, have Christ live through us. Mm. And like going back to basically God is proving himself, but we are used by him to do that, but to act like Christ and show him through the love for others and through our actions. Yeah, I feel like that's a really powerful point that in, in a sense, proving God right is living to be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that something in more of a personal sense for us is here at Weimar, that is the idea behind mm-hmm. this, I guess you could say, system. Mm-hmm. You know, behind all these, you know, rules, regulations, early morning wake-ups, vegan calf food even. Mm, amen. No, oh, amen. It's it has this... My stomachs love that. <laughs> it has this idea <laughs> of shaping us more like Christ, mm. which I think is is the one of the coolest things I love about Weimar. Yeah. Is the fact that, yes, there are imperfect people here. Because I believe that Weimar is not a place where perfect people come to congregate. It's a place where broken people come to see Christ. Mm. And I think once we've seen Christ, that's when we prove God right. Yeah. And we do have a lot of people from different walks of life coming here, especially in New Start and Depression Recovery Mm -hmm. and all sorts of people here for programs. So, I mean, it is a huge opportunity to prove God right to people who've never heard of him before or who don't understand or who might seem unattractive but 
I think that the most powerful way to show God to someone is just to live like he did, act like he did, and have him live through you. Because, I mean, we're people who just, we mm. learn by example and we recognize, sure. you know, things by how people live it. And so. Mm -hmm. Something you brought up was about, you know, ministering to the people here on campus. And that is something that I don't know of many other academies that have that opportunity. You know, being able to see these different people every day, basically, at a lunch, going to the cafeteria. And you can see, oh, you know, there's a New Start guest or there's a depression recovery guest. And that that's a really cool aspect. And I think another cool aspect is mission trips. Mm. That is such a cool place to, you know, prove God right. I, I know personally, you know, talking to some of my friends, even in church and or at church, rather, and um, talking to them about we are like, oh, yeah, I'm going on a mission trip soon. Like, whoa, really? Like, you guys go on mission trips? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. we go on missions like every year. And that's such a cool aspect of Weimar that we don't have in many of our schools where we go to minister. We go to show others Christ. And a lot of other places, they have mission trips where it's um, voluntarily. Mm -hmm. But not here at Weimar. You, you are, <laughs> I guess you are forced to go, but it's a good yeah, thing. It's an yeah. amazing thing. And especially just being out of your comfort zone. Like, you know, especially like when you're with your friends or something, you're like, oh, yeah, I got my friends. I'm, I'm kind of mm -hmm. cool, whatever. But when that is all stripped away from you and you're in an atmosphere or you have nothing familiar and all you have is other people who are trying to find the same thing as you, who are trying to find happiness and, you know, trying to find what their purpose is in life. And you're there to answer those questions and you're there to prove God right. Yeah. Some, something I'll ask you, and I'll give you maybe a little few seconds to think about this, is I know last year we actually both went to Kenya together. Mm. So you can start thinking of maybe, maybe a personal experience specifically where you felt like that was your opportunity to prove God right. Because I know when I was in Kenya, and we did a lot of construction, yes, yeah. but the kids there and the staff there at the school that we were, where we were building the cafeteria, they really they had this appreciation that we don't see here in America mm -hmm. at all. Like the amount of, you know, they were just so thankful. Like even when we showed up before we even did anything, they had this thanks because they had faith in us that we were going to be God's hands and feet. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you and your point of view of when you said that they were just so appreciative for anything that we had to offer. Even though we haven't even done anything yet, when we got there, you remember like when they greeted us, mm. <clears throat> that was the most crazy thing. It was awesome. I mean, if you've ever heard like a tribe of African kids sing, I'm telling you, that's some good stuff. They know mm -hmm. what they're doing. And it was it was awesome. Yeah, I remember coming up in the bus and driving up and all of a sudden hearing all these people like singing out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I was like, what in the world? And I, you, yeah. know, I, you know, just scoot out of the window and like look out. And there's like, what was it, like almost 200 kids there all like singing this song. And then when you step out, just one person, like five or six kids run up to you and all try to grab your hand at the same time. Mm -hmm. Even with those and even the other experiences, like, you know, other mission trips we've been to, like you went to Belize last year, the year before I went to Bolivia. And both of those, the experiences that we have there and the times where we can share Christ gives us an aspect of value in a sense. Mm -hmm. I, I get how that, that could sound in a sense almost selfish, but. And you know, I read this quote a little bit ago and it was the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. <laughs> And that was said by Gandhi. And I think that that quote is very true and especially relevant for us Christians, not necessarily to find ourselves, you know, all that jazz, but to find ourselves in Christ and in while we're doing that and while we are serving others and while we are stooping down, just like Jesus did to the very least of the least, in that we are proving God right. We are proving our Father 
mm-hmm. right, in the service of others. And that is something that I really appreciate about the Academy is that we do have the opportunity to go out there and serve. It's not just like here. I mean, obviously, we want to be serving others wherever we are, but to experience it from a different point of view and perspective. Yeah, for sure. I, I That quote really, I think, sums it up well, at least the aspect of service, how the whole aspect of serving others in a selfish sense is so that you feel good you know Mm -hmm. we have people who don't even believe in god who go all the way across the world to feed starving children yeah but it is once we serve others in christ Mm -hmm. it's like you said that's when we find ourselves and not only not only to find ourselves but like i said just kind of repeating but again going back to our motto is that that is when we prove god right to the others around us Mm mm-hmm so I think in the, in the phrase, in our motto, proving God right, there's the aspect of service. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we covered really well. But I remember our work supervisor for custodial. Miss um, mm, Lupita. Oh. If you're listening, I love you, Miss Lupita. <laughs> so she she always had this thing that she would have us say is, and it's worry more about your character than reputation. Mm. Because your reputation is who people mm. think, think you, you are. are. But your character is who you really really are. Mm. And I I think that us as academy students and us as Adventists in itself, we have this tendency to be able to put on this front when we go to church, when Mm -hmm. we go to school of, you know, oh, I'm this perfect Christian. Oh, Lord, help us all. Yeah. But then when we go home, (laughs) we all know that it's just between us and God. Yeah. And I think that how do we how do we make that proving God right? Because we can prove God right through service. And for most Christians, that's something that is comes almost natural sense, like being a Christian, because you serve and you're like, oh, you know, doing this for God. But then how do you prove God right in the little mundane things when you're at home, when no one's around? Mm-hmm. And it's just you sitting there. Yeah. It's just you and God. Yeah, and something that reminds me of that is this morning when Mark Callan was doing the presentation, um, for a week of prayer he was saying what is the things that you do at home like when we go on break or when we're on what we call home leave mm-hmm. what are the things that you are doing there are you you know glorifying God through your actions and I think that's when it comes in with a lot of self-discipline and mm-hmm. because no one said I mean God never said being a Christian was easy he said that we we're gonna be persecuted and if you're not persecuted being persecuted then you weren't doing something right but I think especially when we're alone, that's when it when it comes down to really striving on our own because we can't be spoon-fed. Like being spoon-fed, you know how a lot of times when we're young, parents just tell us, oh, this isn't about yeah. the Bible here, eat this or mm-hmm. retain this knowledge. But it comes a point when it has to be relevant to ourselves when we search out on our own. Wow. That is, yeah, I think that really sums it up well. And something that I really noticed when I first came in here freshman year, you remember with Mr. Chad mm-hmm. Bernard, mm-hmm. our principal, something that he really stressed and what I saw all the teachers stressing a lot is have devotions. Do it on your own. When you wake up in the morning, first thing you do, spend time with God. Open up your Bible. Pray. And I think that personally changed my life completely where this is the place that I was taught to have my relationship with God in my own hands and do something about it. So when those times when we are alone, when there may not be people around that we must, quote unquote, prove God to, that we still, I guess, prove him to ourselves, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the person we are when no one's watching. Mm-hmm. That's what God sees. 
Yeah, thank God no no one else can see that. I was talking to um my roommate last night a little bit about Weimar and kind of how he came here. And he was going to another school, an Adventist school that we won't name, and he was saying how, you know, when he went there, he, he just didn't feel right going there. Mm-hmm. And there was something about it where he just, you know, something was off when he first got there. And the more time he spent with the people, he realized the issue. And it was the fact that they didn't have any desire mm-hmm. to have a relationship with God. Yeah. And they there would be times where he said there were some seniors who would go up front and they would preach because that was a part of what they needed to do. And they would go back to their dorm rooms and, you know, smoke and drink. Oh, dang. Yeah. And Double life. He Hardcore. was so, yeah, he was so confused. Just like, what? Because he, he had just been recently converted to Adventism like the year before. Mm-hmm. And he sees this and he was, he was confused. And he told me that when he came to Weimar and he sat down the first time in song service, he had goosebumps all over. Wow. He said that there was something about it. He's like, the school I went to, no one sang. Maybe yeah. the staff said, <laughs> no one sang. But like when I came to Weimar, everyone sang. He's like, I got goosebumps all over. And he's like, I felt like people preached what they lived. Yeah. And let me just say real quick, if anybody comes and visits the academy, you want to come during worship because we, we got some pretty good song services, mm. I must say. <laughs> but going off of that, it's, there is something different about the people here and the students here is that they do have a desire on their own. Like they have a desire that they want to serve God. So we're all yeah. on the same ground. I mean, all of us, obviously, like we're sinners. We need Jesus every mm. single second of the day. But there is an atmosphere of, hey, I actually want to pursue this. Like this is why I'm here. Because like you said, like I'm a broken person, but I'm here because I want to find God. Going off of that and kind of wrapping this Um, conversation up we have this ideal of proving God right we have staff and leaders telling us to prove God right we have worships in which people go up front and tell us this is how you prove God right or we need to do this but I think we need to look back to the source Mm. what does it say in the Bible and how does it relate to us today? I think that'll be a really cool aspect of this next segment of the podcast where Tanner will be speaking mm. from the Bible yeah. and sharing with us what does this proving God right look like mm. from God himself? Hi, my name is Tanner Fisher, and I am a senior here at Weimar Academy, and I am part of the class of 2020. Today, I want to take a look at one of my favorite stories in the Bible when it comes to the topic of proving God right. That would be the story of Job. Now, I want to look at Job chapter 1, and looking at verse 1, the Bible says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now we're going to skip down to verse 8. The Bible continues by saying, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Here we see that God is staking his reputation on Job. Now making that practical for us, we are Job. 
God has put his reputation on us, and we are to prove him right. We're standing before the universe as a witness of God's love and of God's character. The motto Weimar Academy has is proving God right, and that means we're ambassadors for him. One of my favorite things that the Academy offers, as well as the Institute, is the opportunity for us to have TCI. That means Total Community Involvement, and it's a program that the Academy started not too long ago, but it's something that I've been able to do for the past three years of my high school experience. Last year, my junior year, I was privileged to be able to be a part of the canvassing group. Now with canvassing, it's literature evangelism, so our job is to go door-to-door selling books. When you're going door-to-door and selling books, you have one chance to get it right with the people. You come in contact with bunches of people every single day, and every door you knock on is a different opportunity for you to witness for Christ. Now, to me, that's scary because I have been given one chance, one chance for this soul to see Christ, one chance for this soul to see a picture of God through me. And if I misrepresent that, that could be the person's salvation. Now, that's a scary thought, and it's not easy. But that's the same thing as Job. While he didn't know at the time, Job was standing in front of the universe as a display of God's character. I want to read a quote from Ellen White, and it's found in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, Chapter 2, which is called, Called to be a Witness. In the first paragraph, it says, In a special sense, Seventh-day Adventists have been set in the world as watchmen and light bearers. To them has been entrusted the last warning for a perishing world. On them is shining wonderful light from the word of God. They have been given a work of the most solemn import, the proclamation of the first, second, and third angel's messages. There is no other work of such great importance. They are to allow nothing, nothing else to absorb their attention. Now that's hard for me, especially personally, because it's hard to be fully sold out for God. But that's one of the things that I love about this academy is, like Lucas said before, Not everyone at this academy is perfect, and none of us are claiming to be. But, the kids at this school are striving for something better. We're looking for that relationship with Christ. And that's why I'm so grateful for the things like TCI, for the things like mission trips, for the things like choir tours and choir weekends, for music ministry, for just door-to-door work. That's what I'm thankful for about being able to give academy worships in the morning. That's what I'm thankful for about every single teacher incorporating the Word of God into our classes. I want to go back to the story of Job, and we're going to go to the end of the book in Job 42. And it's in verse 12 that it says, And so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. And while God did choose to bless Job, he gave him more than he could have ever imagined. This wasn't Job's mindset. This wasn't his, this wasn't his motivation for following God. This wasn't his motivation for proving God right. Had this been his motivation, it wouldn't have been from the heart. It would have been purely based on him wanting to gain something as a result of proving God right. It should be the same for us. Like I was saying before, we are Job. And if our only reason for serving God is so that we can gain something, we've got it all wrong. That's not the reason why we do what we do for God. The reason why we prove God right is because we love him. The Bible says that we love God because he first loved us. And if we take that to heart, I think so many times we... We underestimate what Christ did for us when he came to that cross. When he came, he gave everything. He gave his divinity. He came as a worthless human being and humbled himself to the point of death. The death that we deserved. He died that so that we could live. So what's holding us back? 
Why are we scared to sell out all the way for him? Why are we scared to prove him right? This is my struggle. This is my friend's struggle. This is the struggle of every human being that's been put on this earth. It would have been easy for God to just send angels to come impersonating human beings to do his work. It would have been easier for God just to wipe out the human population as he did in the days of Noah and start from scratch. Forget that any of this ever happened. Wipe it from the memories of all those other worlds that were looking at us. But by doing that, he would be proving himself wrong. By doing that, God's character would be that of what Satan was saying it was. He chooses to use us because as worthless human beings, we cannot do it on our own. But by working with Christ, we can overcome and we can prove him right. And that's one of the things I've learned through these past four years of my academy experience. I'm not one to say that everything I've done in high school has been perfect. I don't think any of my friends would say that as well. We struggle. But it's what we choose to do with that struggle. Do we choose to continually fall into temptation? Do we choose to prove Satan right? Or do we further our relationship with God? Do we humble ourselves? Do we come down on our knees, earnestly seeking his guidance? It's my prayer for each and every one of you listening today that that would be what you choose to do. I was at a church a few weeks ago, and the pastor was giving a sermon, and one of the things he said really, really hit me. Whenever I hear something interesting in a sermon, I make sure to jot it down in my notes in my phone. And what this pastor said was, when we are weak, God is at his peak. It's kind of catchy, so it helps me remember it, but it's true. When we're at our weakest point, when we feel we can do nothing, when we feel that all is lost and we have no hope, that's just where God wants us. God wants us to come to him in our broken state. Because if we came to him in our perfect state, we will never be able to come to him because we're never going to be able to be perfect on our own. God wants to work through us in spite of our sin. If we surrender it all to him, he can do beautiful things. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in my friend's life. And it's truly incredible what can happen when we choose to let God lead our lives. If we can choose to humble ourselves, to come to the foot of the cross, to come to the feet of Jesus, and pour out our spirit to him saying, God, I want to see a change in my life. I want to work for you. He will make that possible. I think that's one of the most beautiful things that Christ offers us is in spite of our weakness, he's willing to work through us and make us a perfect creation and a new creation in him. It's my prayer that for every single person listening to this podcast right now, that you would take a minute, talk to God, come to him as you are, and God will make all things beautiful. So there it is, episode one, Proven. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you have, we would encourage you, share this with a friend, a family member, or anyone who could benefit. Hit subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram while you're at it. For more information about Weimar Academy, visit our website, weimaracademy.org. But until next time, continue proving God right.